Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Soul Nectar Podcast. I'm your guide, Nadine Hamilton, bringing you juicy and enlightening conversations surrounding all things spirituality, sexuality, and self-love. Join me as we explore topics that inspire you to consciously create your own reality, awaken to your true potential, and infuse more pleasure into your life. Let's do this. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar. I'm very excited for this one, and I'm just going to let it flow and see what wants to come out. But I know that today what I want to talk about is being seen and specifically what holds us back from taking action in our lives that we know will take us towards our desired reality and what we want. But we fear so much being seen. We fear so much being judged, being misunderstood, being rejected, making a mistake, failing, being seen in a negative light, etc. And this is so freaking common. And it's something that comes up over and over and over again in my client sessions, which means more people out there are going through the same thing and more people out there need to hear this message. And it's also been a massive part of my own path and my own journey. So it's something that I am very intimate with. So I'll start with my own story, or at least a piece of my own story, because I can't fit it all into one little podcast episode. But I would say most of this was cultivated. And when I say this, I'm talking about the fear of being seen, um, the fear of being misunderstood, the fear of being judged. Um, Most of it started around when I was about 12 years old and I started getting some skin issues. I started getting acne because it's also around the time when I got my period and my hormones were changing and middle school awkwardness coming into my body. And I was bullied like really fucking harshly by this one boy in particular. And it just destroyed me. And oh my God, I just hated myself. I hated how I looked. I wanted to just crawl out of my own skin and my own body and literally be anyone else. I remember being in science class with this boy and he would like from across the room in front of everyone just start making fun of my skin and pointing out like a pimple that I had and I remember I would go to the bathroom and cry and when I came back he would continue making fun of me and it was really dark um it was a really depressing period of my life you know even without that without having acne, it's just this time in your life when you're coming into your body, you're not really sure who you are or what your identity is. So it's hard to begin with. And then plus being bullied on top of that did not make it much easier. And yeah, I remember this is getting really personal. I won't go into everything, but I remember just coming home after school and just 
always keeping the shades down in my room and making it as dark as possible because I would get so self-conscious. Literally, even if I was alone in the room with no one else around, if I felt the sensation of light on my face, that would be so triggering for me. And yeah, it was this fear of being seen and being exposed even when no one was in the room. Just that sensation in my body of feeling seen was so uncomfortable. And that lasted for a long time. Even when my skin began to clear up slowly but surely, that still made such an imprint in my psyche and in my consciousness and nervous system where I was scared of like physically being seen, not even just being seen for my personality or for who I am, but being physically seen. And there's so much fucking body shame and body dysmorphia out there that I know how common this is to just want to hide and curl up in a ball and stay in the darkness and not want anyone to see you. And something that I heard someone point out the other day that I actually never thought of before is that the vast majority of people, we only see our bodies and our skin with the backdrop of like a screen, a phone screen or a filter or with the backdrop of a house or a wall and everything is clean and perfect. And less of us have the experience of engaging with and relating to and viewing our bodies with the backdrop of nature. For example, like being out in nature, skin to skin, being naked with the dirt and with the trees and with the plants. And back in the day, our ancestors, like that's how they related to their bodies very much as a part of nature. And when we're only seeing our own bodies in relation to like flat, rectangular, clear, flawless, spotless surfaces. No wonder we're criticizing our bodies for having like the tiniest little blemish. So that was a big part of my story is just coming to terms with my body and my skin and the person that I am and realizing that what I look like externally has barely anything to do with who I am or my worth. If anything, you know, your worth is not dependent on what you look like. It's dependent on you being alive and having a heartbeat and being a human. That is enough for you to be worthy as hell of everything that you could ever desire. And I had a call today with one of my mentors, Victoria Washington. I'm in one of her programs. She's fucking incredible, by the way. But she said this quote. And I'm pretty sure it's not her quote. She was referencing it from a book. I'm not sure what book it was, but she said, instead of doubt deciding what you will do, decide what you will do with doubt. And you can replace that word doubt with anything. You can replace it with fear or with shame. But these feelings of self-censorship, of shame, of fear, of doubt, of guilt, like no matter how successful, no matter how spiritually awakened you are, these feelings will never go away ever. Even if you're like, I don't know, this famous well-known spiritual teacher, like these emotions and these feelings are still very much a part of the human experience. As long as you're in this human body, it's a package deal. 
So it's not a matter of wanting to shame ourselves for feeling the shame or try to eliminate any of these emotions or any of these pieces of ourselves but rather shifting our relationship to these emotions, shifting our relationship to these feelings and to these pieces of ourselves to the point where we can welcome them and we can embrace them and we can accept them and we can befriend them so that it's not this big scary thing that we're trying to avoid and by avoiding and denying it, we're therefore feeding it more of our energy and depleting our own life force and it just becomes this bigger, scarier monster that we refuse to look at. Instead of that, you see it for what it is. You recognize it for what it is and you feel how much spaciousness you have within you and how you're so much more like infinitely bigger than any one emotion or thought or feeling. And that's really what all of these are, are feelings. Like Literally, there are physical sensations in the body. So when you feel fear, shame, doubt, disgust, any of these feelings, what you're actually scared of is the physical sensation in your body. That's what makes it so scary is because it feels painful or it feels uncomfortable in your own body. And when we allow ourselves to actually feel these things, they no longer control our lives. So just like that quote said, instead of doubt deciding what you will do, decide what you will, will do with doubt. Suddenly the doubt, the fear, the shame, the guilt is not in the driver's seat of your life. It's not blocking you from doing what, from doing what you want to do, but rather you get to consciously decide for that piece of you to coexist with all the other parts of you and you can take conscious, empowered action in your life. And another big perspective shift around this fear of being seen, this fear of being misunderstood, of people not liking me, of me fucking up or making a mistake, is that it's actually not a fear of being seen. We all want to be seen. It's like a core human need and desire is to be seen for the truth of who we are in our full spectrum humanity. So it's not the fear of being seen. It's the fear of being exposed. And this is another thing that my mentor was talking about today is how the fear is really founded on being exposed for the parts of ourselves that we have yet to accept we have yet to embrace within ourselves and so another thing that has been really interesting is that I've noticed it can sometimes be so much easier to publicly display or talk about our pain our discomfort our pity story or victimhood like that can be so much easier and what can be harder is allowing ourselves to be seen in our bigness in our boldness in our joy and our celebration in our rapture that can be so much more triggering because we shame ourselves and we feel so much guilt around oh if I'm in my pleasure if I'm wealthy, if I'm successful, if I'm doing all of these things, that means I'm somehow taking away from someone else. Or that means that 
yeah, I'm taking away a piece of the pie or that means I'm suddenly unrelatable or people will judge me. And there's a part of ourselves that genuinely feels unsafe. You know, if I'm big and beautiful and radiant, that means my safety is at stake, which maybe that story was serving you at one point, but a huge part of the journey and the healing is rewiring your brain to believe that it's safe to be big and bold and radiant and shining this light that's within me. And the reason it's within me is to shine in the first place. And by you shining, you're giving permission to other people to do the same. And you're radiating that light into the field, into the collective so that it's rippling out and other people can do the same. So when we consciously cultivate this more unshakable self-trust and unshakable sense of I got me no matter what, it becomes so much easier to let yourself be exposed. And going back to the story that I shared in the beginning of me like really hating my body and my image and myself, honestly, when I was growing up, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I felt so fucking alone. I felt so isolated. And now it's funny because as I've grown up, I've had these conversations with people who I grew up with and we're like, holy shit, all of us were like depressed and had anxiety and we were miserable and self-loathing and none of us knew that about the others because these conversations were not being had. And I think now we're stepping into a new paradigm where younger generations are having these conversations and mental health is a term that's being used. But I know in a lot of areas of the world, they're not. And yeah, when I was a little kid, these conversations were not at all being had. So I was creating this story and this belief system that I'm the only one no one would understand me. I'm a loser. Everyone else is thriving and I'm the only one feeling this way. So when we radically and authentically embody our truth and tell our stories and build connections and relationships with people that are on a soul level and not a surface level, we create such a beautiful community of really seeing each other for who we are and no longer feeling alone and it feels safer and safer to shine to own your bigness to embody your true nature and yeah to own that light within you as you work with your self-doubt and your fears instead of against them Something that has also really, really helped with my confidence is embodiment practices. And I know some of you listening will be really familiar with embodiment and maybe some of you have never really played in this territory before. But to me, embodiment is the practice of downloading things from the mind into the body. So it's one thing to just mentally tell yourself affirmations or to believe something just on a mental level and it's another thing entirely to become like the living breathing walking embodiment of that belief system of that identity of that truth or that statement and to become so conscious of your physical body like bodily awareness is 
everything. So as you're speaking, as you're interacting with the world, as you're doing anything, becoming so mindful with what is the physical shape that your body is taking space in, in the world? What shape are you moving through the world in? And I'm not at all referring to your weight or your size or what you physically look like. I'm referring to how is your body taking up space? How open is your physical body? How relaxed are your shoulders and your jaw and your pelvis? How firmly and widely are your feet planted and spread on the ground? How do you breathe? How do you open your throat as you speak? Or how contracted and tight are you? How small are you making yourself? Because the body informs the mind. Whatever shape you're taking up in your body is strongly impacting how your mind operates and the thoughts that you have, the belief systems that you have, your emotions, and ultimately your sense of identity and the action that you take in the world. So when I, for example, go on Instagram Live or I meet someone new or I go to a social gathering or I'm leading a workshop, what really helps me to embody this sense of groundedness, confidence, and self-trust is to do embodiment practices and to say, okay, if... I am to embody this version of myself that is so fucking confident and so unapologetic about shining her light. How would that physically, somatically be expressed through my body? How would my body move? What sound would come out of my mouth? How grounded would my voice be? Where would I be speaking from in my body? So really building bodily awareness through meditation, through self-pleasure, through dance and intuitive movement or whatever embodiment practice really resonates with you. That is so freaking powerful and so helpful. And I really wish I knew this back in middle school when I was just suffering and depressed and having such a hard time. But you know what? Better late than never. And now we can spread this wisdom to people and to the children that we have and generations to come and people who are suffering and going through hardship now. And what I really want to emphasize is that to me, being a confident, grounded, self-trusting person does not necessarily mean that you are the loudest person in the room. It doesn't mean you're like this super extroverted, theatrical, flamboyant, social butterfly. Yes, that can be confidence for someone, but for me, it really depends. Like with certain people, I feel myself automatically just feeling so comfortable, so safe, and so open. And I feel confident being big and bold and loud and a weirdo. And then with other people, I find that it takes a little bit longer for me to ease into it and to open up. And that's so normal. So even if you identify as shy or introverted, you could still be the most confident person in the room based off of what is the energy and the embodiment that you are holding. 
Are you embodying this energy of openness and groundedness and being approachable and adaptable and fluid? Are you embodying a safe space or a sanctuary for other people to come to you? That to me says so much more than being able to jump in front of a whole room and make a big, I don't know, a joke or something. <laughs> like that's one flavor of confidence, but that doesn't have to be your flavor. So when we really lean into embracing and celebrating and owning and embodying our weirdness, our quirkiness, our quote unquote otherness, that's when we really become so magnetic to the people, the relationships, the synchronicities, the opportunities that are aligned with who we truly are on the most authentic level and not just based off of this mask that we're wearing. One last thing that I want to leave off on is that when you're a baby, there's two things on a primal level, on a mammalian level that you need in order to survive. And those two things are authenticity and attachment. Authenticity being the connection and relationship that you have with yourself and your ability to honor that and to express that and own it. So for example, if you're a baby and you're feeling, I don't know, you're feeling angry, you're feeling sad, you're feeling whatever emotion, your authenticity is your ability to be in touch with those sensations and those emotions in your body and to authentically and fully express them. And your attachment is relating to the relationship and the connection that you have with your primary caregivers or your parents. And when we're little, usually there comes a point, especially if you were raised in maybe a, an abusive or traumatic environment, where it feels like those two things cannot coexist. And it feels like we need to sacrifice one in order for the other one to have a place. And most of the time, the one that we choose in favor of the other is attachment. So for example, if you're a little kid and you feel so much rage and anger within you and you want to express it, if you are met with a reaction from your caretaker or your parent that's shaming you or judging you or giving you a timeout, punishing you, basically telling you that that behavior is not acceptable, then in that moment, you are trading off a bit of your authenticity in favor of your attachment. So in other words, you are putting to the side, you're um, wiring your brain to ignore the truth of how you feel inside of your body so that you can get a sense of survival by being accepted by your tribe, your people, your family. This all happens on such a primal level because unconsciously our bodies are wired for being in communities, being in tribes and being accepted by the people around us. So when it feels like that's at risk, the first thing we're going to sacrifice is that authenticity. So we become so much more willing to give up authenticity in exchange for being accepted and loved and a sense of belonging. And there's nothing wrong with that. I would say the vast majority of humans have gone through that. But when it begins to get problematic is when we unconsciously carry that into adulthood. And we convince ourselves that 
it's much more important to get external validation and acceptance and receiving love from other people and not as important to embody the truth of who we are. And that really is the root cause of so many issues that come up in my sessions with clients. Like so many, so many, so many is us not feeling safe or worthy or deserving of owning our truth. And that can manifest in a lot of different ways. For some people, it can look like never feeling like you can fully trust yourself. It can feel like always being in doubt and confusion and never having a sense of clarity. And the problem isn't that you don't know what to do or that you don't have clarity. The problem is that you don't feel safe to fully embody your truth or embody your clarity because unconsciously you're making that mean that you'll no longer be accepted by the people around you. So to wrap all of this up, when it comes to allowing ourselves to be seen, it is so important to slowly and gently make it a practice over time without like pushing yourself or forcing yourself. You really want this to feel natural, but rewiring our brains and our nervous systems to associate taking risks, being exposed, being seen, ruthlessly following our truth and ruthlessly following the calling of our heart and our soul with this sense of safety. And this is exactly what I'm going to be teaching and diving really deep into in my upcoming masterclass happening on March 2nd, which is super soon. So if you happen to be listening to this podcast after March 2nd, 2022, you can still click the link in the show notes and you can gain access to the replay, the recording. But this masterclass is called Scene with the subtitle, The Sacred Art of Unapologetically Shining Your Light. And it's going so deep into all of this because I can't go quite as deep just in a podcast episode, but it's about cultivating this inner sense of safety as you continue to allow yourself to be seen and to magnetize the relationships, the partners, the lovers, the clients, the opportunities that are actually aligned with your truth as you continuously step into authenticity. So I'm so excited about this offering and it just feels so aligned and so natural to be giving this to the world and serving people in this way. Additionally, this Friday, March 4th, is the final day of the super early bird pricing for my signature sacred sexuality immersion group program. It's called Temple of Bloom, and that is going to be starting the end of March 2022. And it really is an incredible journey of reclamation, of worthiness, of embodiment, and of redefining your own sexual narrative and redefining what sexuality means for you apart from what society, culture, family, religion, shame, stories has told you in the past and embodying your own sensual essence that is unique and perfect for you. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. All the links are going to be in the show notes and I'm sending you so much love. 
Hi again, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and that it helped to expand your consciousness and perspective in some way. If you liked what you heard or just want to show some love, it would mean the absolute world if you ranked and reviewed the show, sent it to your friends or family, and hit the subscribe button. This allows more people to discover Soul Nectar, keeps the show up and running, and lets me know you beautiful people are out there listening. And if you do leave a review, make sure to take a screenshot and send it to nadine at bloomwithnadine.com and I will personally send a very special gift over your way. Share this episode on Instagram or your other social media handles with your biggest aha moments and takeaways. I'd love to shout you out and hear what resonated with you. Okay, take care and I'll see you in the next episode, my loves. Bye.